So I'd like to ask you, are you a person that believes that things happen by chance, that things happen for a purpose? What type of person are you? Do you believe you just live life and things just happen as they happen? Or do you think that there's a purpose behind nearly everything that happens in life? Are you the type of person who believes we reap what we sow? So if bad things happen to us, we must have done bad things. If our life is unfavorable, maybe we've been unfavorable toward others. You know, karma, you get what you deserve. Or are you a person who believes that all things work together for the good? I'm not asking you if you're an optimist or pessimist. I'm asking you if you believe that all things work together for the good, or maybe God gets back at us, or things get back at us, sort of like karma. What type of person are you? Things are coincidental, or things happen for a purpose, or all things work together for the good, or we reap what we sow. What would you say if I asked you what type of person you are? Are these coincidences? When I was 13 or 14 years old, my mother's friend was sitting with her at her kitchen table, and I walked through the dining room a few times, and the lady looked at me and said, Kurt, why do you leave Boy Scouts? I mean, you're pretty close to being an Eagle Scout. Why do you make Eagle Scout? You're really close. And I thought about it for a moment and said, we have a really good troop you should think about joining. So you know what? I joined the troop and became a what? Eagle Scout. Was that a coincidence? Was there a purpose behind that that helped shape me who I am today? Being a pastor, we make a lot of hospital calls. Making a hospital calls always involve elevators. The sixth floor, I walk into the elevator, and there is a pastor, a Lutheran pastor from a nearby town. He says, I was just in the ICU, and I noticed that the person next to me knows some of your members and doesn't live too far from your church. I mentioned your name. Maybe now's a good time to visit them. So I walked out of the elevator and went to the ICU room, ICU room visited them, shared scripture, said a prayer. They became members of our church as well as other members of their families. Was that a coincidence? Or was there a purpose behind that? What do you think? Just like the lady at my uh, mother's supper table. When I was a freshman in high school, I needed an extra class. I had an extra period. I didn't feel like sitting in study hall, but I needed another hour. And typing class afforded me another hour. Now, I really didn't care about typing. That was back with typewriters. Anyone remember the day before you had to use typewriters, had to use the whiteout? Had to have this, you, I, some of you are shaking your heads. By the way, if you don't remember those days, be thankful. Because now you get to use a computer screen. You get to back things up, and you get to go online, and you get to pull out um, a paragraph and add it to your paper essay, what you're doing. For some reason, for my freshman year, I took typing. There's about three guys and 18 girls, which worked out well for us. But I remember typing those letters, J, 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 K, 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 L. I remember doing that. I'm sitting there to myself for a whole semester. Why am I taking this class? What am I doing here? Needless to say, God brought me into a career where I needed to use the what? And who would have known that the computer and, and the keyboard would become such an important part of our lives? Were all these coincidences? Do you think God had a purpose behind it? Do you think that God had a plan are you the type of person that believes that things are coincidental? That God has a purpose behind things that happen in our lives? What type of person are you? Now let me familiarize you with an Old Testament narrative, and that is of Joseph. Joseph was a younger brother with a big mouth with 11 older brothers, and we know how that works out, right? Anyone a younger brother or older brother, right? 
I'm the oldest brother, right? I can tell you how that works out. But Joseph didn't mind running his mouth among his older brothers, and the older brothers got sick and tired of it. So they had a plan. And he, by the way, he was daddy's favorite. They had a plan. Why don't we just say a wild animal killed him and tell dad he's no longer with us and we don't have to put up with stuff anymore. But somebody else had another plan. I think he was a Lutheran. He says, why not, why not just not kill him? Let's sell him into slavery and make some money. And so Joseph is sold into slavery. Anybody remember the country? He sold to where? Egypt. And there... He's a servant, and he rises up just below which leader? Pharaoh. And then what came across the land? A famine. And Joseph's brothers are, are forced to go to Egypt to get some food. And there they run into who? Their brother. Way up in power who could have probably executed them. Does anyone remember the heartfelt and tender moment reunion they had? Joseph could have been angry with his brothers. Instead, he said, you intended for evil, but God intended for what? For good. You intended this to be evil for me, but God intended this to be good, because I'm going to bring you to Egypt, and from me, we're still going to have the Messiah. Are things coincidental? Do things happen by chance? Does God have a plan? See, here's life's great lie. Life's great lie is that we think we're in control. We think things are sometimes coincidental. Or maybe we get paid back for the evil we do. Do you see the picture up there? The top line is you and I. This is how I'm going to work things out. And the bottom line is whose plan? God's plan. By the way, which one usually works out, right? Tell me. I see a bunch of heads nodding. The lower plan. Things aren't coincidental. God has a plan, even though sometimes it doesn't seem like that. It seems like our life is up and down, and there's puddles, and there's mud, and there's all sorts of terrible things that go on with us. But God still has a plan. Eve thought that she would give birth to the Messiah, but it wasn't her. Had to wait a long time. Abraham thought his child would come right away. They had their own plans. Abraham had to wait till he was 100 and Sarah 90 before. Who came? Isaac. Peter thought that Jesus would make him a star. Jesus, if you became a rock star, I'll be your roadie. Rodeo, rodeo, I'll be your roadie. And um, you'll have this great palace, and I'll have a big room in that palace. And things will be really good. And Jesus, if you become a rock star, you'll sell out. And I get to sell CDs after the concert and make a lot of money. That's what Peter thought. God had different plans. Saul believed that he could live a life persecuting Christians until God knocked him off his high what? High horse. Mary thought her life would be normal. I'm a teenage, I'm virgin, I'm married, I'm going to be married to Joseph. But God had different plans. She'd give birth to who? Jesus, and one day she would sit at his cross and watch him die. God's plans are plans. David thought that God would allow him to build a temple. You see, sometimes what we think, what we want in our plans, God has different plans, and God's plans are usually greater. So King David was the conquering king, and he conquered the promised land for his people, and his people moved into his promise, to their promised land. And David said, God, I want to build you a temple. I want something lasting. Every pastor would like to build a great church, a great big church filled with very well or... Um, with all sorts of ornaments and all sorts of um, uh, symbols that, that highlight our faith. 
Look what I did. David wanted to build a temple. He wanted his name to be great, but God had a different plan. What's wrong with what I did? But God had something different in store for David. You see, who's in control? God's in control no matter what we think that we're in control. No, things aren't coincidental, but God has a plan for his children. David's story is that when God says no in one area, he brings greater blessings in another area. You heard it said before, when God closes one door, he does what? He opens another door. When God closes one window, he does what? He opens another window. Do you see that in your own life? God said, no, David, you're not going to build a temple, but I have something far more greater in store for you. Can you read that Bible verse with me? I will establish a house for you when our days are over. I will raise up offspring to succeed you who will come from your own body. I will establish his kingdom. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. No, David, you're not going to build a temple, but I want to give you something far greater from that. Because you are king, and through you is going to come a king who's going to be king forever. And your kingdom, and you being king, will be established forever. That's my plan. Because from you, David, will come a king who will be king forever. Does anyone know who that king is? Say it. Who is it? Jesus. Jesus, the son of who? That's what the New Testament speaks about. The record of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the who? The son of David, the son of Abraham. People recognize Jesus as the son of David. David's blessings coming true. All the crowds were amazed and were saying, this man cannot be the son of who? David, can he? A Canaanite woman from that region came out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of who? David, my daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. David thought he'd build the temple, but instead God established a kingdom through him forever, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Friends in Christ, God has a plan for all of us. And just because he says no here doesn't mean he opens up and says something yes here. Many times, God has something far greater in store than what you and I can ever imagine. God has established a plan. Can you read that with me? God's ways are higher than our ways. So we might at times wonder why certain things happen to us or to family members, or I don't get the break, or why this doesn't go as well as I thought I would. Why? Because God has a plan. He's able to see eternity when we cannot. Do you ever see, this is sort of a spoiler alert, do you ever see the movie, The Walk? Have you ever seen that movie? It's called The Walk. If not, I recommend that you go ahead and watch it. Philippe Petit is a Frenchman who wants to get into the circus business, and he begins to learn to tightrope. And uh, he struggles with it. And there's a man there, it's a picture on your left, he's called Papa Rudy, and he begins to tutor him. And he tutors him, and every time he tutors him, uh, he asks for, for money. He keeps all the money in an envelope. And Philippe begins to become a much more talented tightrope roper. He's wondering why all these lessons are happening to him and sometimes even gets in arguments with Papa Rudy, his instructor. But Philippe has a great plan. 
Now, this takes place in 1974. In 1974, now you know these buildings. They aren't there anymore. They're in New York. They're called the Twin what? Towers. And he believes that he is being coached well enough, so he wants a tightrope. He wants to put a cable between the Twin Towers in New York. And he wants a tightrope between the two and do all sorts of acrobatic stunts. Now, if you want to know how it ends up, rent the movie, okay? Watch the movie. But the point is, his instructor, Papa Rudy, knows there's a plan for him. And if he listens to the plan, he's taken to heights he can never think that he can go before. Friends in Christ, for you and I, God has a plan for us. Trust his plan. Things are not accidental. God has a purpose for us. He has sent a king eternal for you and I. God has established that plan for us. In faith, trust him. He'll take us to heights we've never been before. And by the way, Papa Rudy kept all the money and handed it back to Philippe so he can go forth with his plan. That's sort of how God works. He blesses and enables us. God has plans for us. What's God's first plan? And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. It's about last year at this time, maybe a couple weeks um, longer, that my dear friend was dying of cancer. And I visited him for the last time, and he asked for a devotion. I read those words to him. You see, God knew that you would come to faith. God called you. God chose you to come to faith. And he called you, and he baptized you in faith. And he led you to believe to be justified. And right now he's in the process of glorifying you, take you to heaven. See, God has a what? A plan for you. And you'll be away from this earth of pain and sin and disease. God has a plan for you. God closes one door, so he opens another. Can you read the Bible verse, the lower Bible verse with, for, with me? For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has said to us that we will do good works that we're not aware of or some that we're aware of that he has prepared for us to do in certain times, certain places, correct? I think about the woman at my kitchen table. I think about the pastor. I think about the pastor in the elevator. God has planned way in advance for you and I to be in certain places, in certain situations to do what? Good works for others. That's how detailed God's plans at times can be which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Why am I here in this place? Because God wants you there. There's something that God has you to do. God has established a king forever and a plan to save us that we do good works. God has established his kingdom forever, and we are part of his household and his blessing. So how about this for a closing thought? Can you read it with me? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And all God's people say, Amen. Let us rise and profess our Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, 
and of all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian apostolic church, acknowledge baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. thank our members and visitors for their generous and sacrificial support of God's work through tithes and offerings. If you haven't already done so, you may place your offering in the offering basket down the center aisle as you exit. We ask you also to register your attendance and if you for communion on the yellow attendance card and place it in the offering basket. Place a C by your name if you are taking communion. If you are visiting, please share with us your address, phone number, or email that we may continue to minister to you. O Jesus, Savior of priceless worth, hear the prayer our faith sends forth with love that for us gave your life to save us from eternal strife. Make us on fire to love you more with heart and soul and treasure store. Amen. <laughs> 